Yo, 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 welcome to another episode of Life with Me and Mrs. Jones. This your boy CJ and I got my co-host with me. Mrs. Jones. And today we're going to be talking about protection versus being kept. And this topic is something that I really want to discuss because I was sitting here thinking about, you know, all the things that happen to us in this world, right? And for those who are believers in Christ, um, those who rock with God, you know, have y'all ever thought about some of the things that you've been through and ever ask yourself, why didn't God protect me from this situation? Or why didn't God stop this from happening to me? Right. And so this is something that, you know, I most definitely thought about when I was in deep thought about it. And I said, you know what? God doesn't always protect you, but he does keep you. And so I want to talk on that and just see, you know, what y'all feel about it, what you think. Yeah, that was, that's deep. I, I guess I never really thought about it in that way but when you think about even when you when you hear the phrase being kept by God when you say that that's like a past tense thing like that we have been kept so I wonder also why we don't say that God is keeping us Hmm. maybe he's keeping us um protected or keeping us from experiencing different things but most of the time when christians refer to to those kind of things they do say kept and that's like a past tense thing that's something that i i thought about when i when i hear that yeah i never thought about that like we're constantly being kept then right Mm -hmm. in in other words but let's focus on that piece really quick because i do want to jump into that but let's focus on that piece of protection god does not always protect you from everything in this world Right. There are some things that happen to you. There's some things that you've been through that you question God. Like, why didn't you, you know, stop this from happening? You know, even think about some of the stuff that's going on in other countries and, mm-hmm. you know, things that's happening right here in the United States and what God is allowing. You know, people are being killed in the church. People are innocent. People are being shot up and all these things. And people be like, well, how do you know they were serving God? And it's like, how do you know they weren't serving God? Mm-hmm. Right. You don't know what their relationship like with God. So a lot of times when something happens to somebody, we say, well, maybe they wasn't serving God or maybe they this and maybe they that. And it's like, no, what I come to realize is that God is not going to protect you from everything, but he can. He has the ability to keep you if he wants to. Right. And so I guess we have to think about, and you know, I'm always coming with the definitions. Like, what does it mean to actually be protected or to have protection? Um, it is the action of protecting or the state of being protected a person or thing that prevents someone or something from suffering harm or injury. So when we take that second definition that says a person or thing that prevents someone or something from suffering harm or injury, then that does kind of, you know, make a light bulb pop in my mind about when we say, you know, that God is our protector and our keeper. Um, but what you're saying is that in some of these instances, we weren't necessarily protected or the thing wasn't prevented from happening. So then does that mean that God failed us or he didn't, because he didn't protect us, he allowed this situation or this thing to cause us harm, injury, suffering. Right. And, you know, and the reason I say this, I base this on my own personal experiences. You know, I've been through a lot of stuff in my life. Mm -hmm. You know, I was 
pushed down flights of stairs. I was, you know, choked. I was, you know, these things happened to me. And although God kept me through it, he didn't protect these things or protect me from these things. Like these things still happen to me in my life. Right. He didn't prevent it from right. happening. He didn't prevent it from happening. I know some people are like, well, and I know some people are going to have their uh, issues with what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And that's fine, right? This is not for you to uh, agree with me. I'm just telling you my truth and what I believe that God is able to keep you. God is able to protect you, but he doesn't always do that. He doesn't always prevent these things from happening. Even if you go into the book, right? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They was placed in the, fi- the fiery furnace. God didn't prevent them from being placed in there, but he kept them in the midst of it. So would you say that although he kept them, would you say that he also protected Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? That's that's tough, right? Because they was in the fir- fiery furnace. Mm-hmm. They was actually in the fire. So, But they didn't get burned. They didn't get burned, right? They didn't even smell like smoke. That's what the word says. So it's like... What's the protection there? Where, where where does the protection really begins? Hmm. That's the question, right? So you get in some, you get into something, things are happening to you, but God has a way of stopping some things, right? He maybe He didn't allow you to die, right? Right? Is that the protection? Hmm. Not death. Will we consider that piece the protection, or you know, th- think about it, or is that the keeping? Like, right? So how do you differentiate the two? Right. Are they used interchangeably? Mm-hmm. These are the things that we got to think about, because I know some of y'all on this uh, podcast listening may have been like, God, where were you? Right. Why did why didn't you stop this from happening? Why did you know why? Why did you allow me to be molested? Mm-hmm. You know, why did you allow this man to hurt my mom or why you allow my mom to hurt this man? And why you allow my brothers them to go through this or why are these people happen? You know, these things happen in the world. These are some things some of y'all ask, but some people may be too afraid to say what I'm saying. Because we're taught not to question God. Right. And it's like, I believe if God is your father, don't you have the right to question your father? Don't you have right to ask questions? Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? And so I know in a lot of cases, God didn't prevent a lot of stuff from happening to me. But then you can go and say this. What about the things God kept you from that you didn't know he kept you from? Well, that's deep. Right? Because that's true too. Mm -hmm. So... It's tough, man. It's really tough to try to figure out, is God protecting you? Is he keeping you? Where did the protection start? Mm. Where does it end? Where's the keeping come into place? Where does that end? I don't know. But all I know is this. I've been through some things in my life and I wish God would have prevented these things from happening, but he didn't. And so then I guess that makes me wonder too, is that like the Bible says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, right? So had we not experienced some of the things that we experienced maybe some of us worse than others and maybe that's the issue that we we have is that we feel like well other people had you know an easier road to take and they didn't have as many barriers or things that God needed to protect them from but sometimes when we compare our situations to other people then it's like oh well I could have, I could have easily dealt with that, but I just wondered, like, how do we know? Yeah. I mean, I don't think, I don't think you can know. I think that's where faith comes in. Right. I think that's where you say, God allowed these things to happen. He didn't prevent these things from happening. But when I look 
at the overall picture and I look back over my life and all that I've been through, right? And all of the things. Right. And it's like God kept us. And so I can say that God has kept me through a lot of things, but he didn't protect me from everything. And so because he allowed you, which is the original point that I was trying to make, was that we we get a testimony from the things that he allowed to happen to us, the things that that we didn't necessarily get protected from, but he kept us through or he brought us out of um, or he helped us to persevere or whatever other adjectives or words that you want to use that helps to shape our story and our testimony to say, you know, that's where people would say, but God, mm. I went through, you know, like I was pushed down a flight of stairs, but God, I was, you know, molested at the eight from seven to 15, but God. And, and that's where I would come in and say, how can you say, but God, God allowed these things to happen to you for several years. You know, it's like, what made you at that point say, I'm gonna give God glory. What part of that is like, but God, you know, mm-hmm. what about, but God, you know, uh, he kept you through it. He brought me out. He brought you out, but he allowed it to happen for seven years. Why? And so is a lot of the things that we go through, the pain, the suffering, all these things is it predestined. Is it already put into the, our, our equation before we've even born? Cause the Bible says before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, mm-hmm. right? I know the plans that I have for you, mm-hmm. right? Uh, plans of good and not of evil. So, have these things already been written into our life equation? And the reason they're written there is so we can have a testimony. So huh. God said, I want to give you pain so you can have a testimony. But what about those individuals who go through these things and they don't come out on the other side and they don't live to tell their testimony because they've taken their life? Mm. That's a good question. It is definitely a thought-provoking thing like other and then of course I've heard people say things like well God only protects his children yes or his people so then would we venture to guess that when we experience these things were we not under the protection of God, which is why we were exposed to them or allowed to experience them? I don't know. Because it, it, somebody said something, they were like, um, God, somebody said God loves us all. Mm-hmm. And somebody said, no, God doesn't love us all. God only loves those who keep his commandments. He said, those who obey my commandments, I love them, right? Yeah. And my commandments not burdensome. So... I don't understand that standpoint. It's like, does God love us all? Or does he only love those that keep his commandments? Hmm. Well, I think that I I personally am one of those people. I know some people are like, well, the Bible is very black or white. It's either this or that. He either loves, he either loves, um, his people or he don't rock with them. But then the Bible also says that, you know, he loves everybody. So it's very, that's one of those gray areas for me where it's kind of like, I, I don't know because I just can't, I just can't wrap my mind around the fact that like God would say, well, I'm not going to protect these people because I love them less. 
or I'm only going to protect these people because I love them more. I don't know. I don't know. I struggle. I struggle with that. I struggle with that thought process. I know that God says that he hates, he hates our sin. He hates the iniquity, but the Bible also says that we were all born in iniquity. So it's kind of hard. That part is very gray for me to think that like God has a certain category or standard of people that he chooses to love and protect and others that he doesn't. That doesn't sound very like a loving or caring or, or protecting God. Because when we think about the, the different names that, you know, he's the alpha and the omega, he's our protector. He's a wonderful counselor. He's, you know, there's so many things, um, that we are words that we use to explain his role and what he does for us. But then to say that he doesn't protect everybody seems a little contradictory. Yeah. And it's like, wow, he only protects those that he loves. And you know, it's like, he could only keep his hand on those who uh, are obedient to him or, and, and obey his commandments. It's like, okay, God has to write to do whatever you want. He's sovereign. Mm-hmm. Right. And so how can you question the sovereign God? But it's, it's only in my mind, it's only fair to be able to question someone that say they love you and they allow these things to happen. Like, yeah. It's like, if it's, if this is your father, why can't you ask your father any questions? I'm sorry. I'm going to like, God, why are you allow this to happen to me? What's going on? Like, why is this? You know? And some people are taught in the church not to question God. Well, and we also are taught that there's things that, you know, like there are mysteries and things that we will just never know. And I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't necessarily think that God doesn't intend for us to not have questions, but I think that it's about how we ask those questions. And I'm blanking on who it was, but wasn't there, was there someone in the Bible who was questioning God? But he, but the thing is, is that he wouldn't give, give him like a direct answer. Well, it's in the new Testament. And basically like he just kept he would ask a question and then, and then Jesus would reply with another question. I think it was Peter. Was yeah. It Peter? yeah. I think it was Peter. And yeah, God just kept re- uh, replying to another question. I think it had to do about uh, love. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's like God can give us direct answers. God can give us. A, and you're right. It's all about how you ask. Right. Because you'll never just disrespect your physical parents. Right. So you don't want to disrespect God. But at the same time, you're emotionally moved by some of the things that you've been through. And you're like, why me? Mm-hmm. You know, and you said something earlier, we look at other people and be like, well, they had it easier than us. And it's like, we don't know just because somebody carries their weight. Well, doesn't mean it's not heavy, you know? And I like to think about all the people in the Bible that God killed, you know, in the uh, Genesis, he flooded the earth. He kept Moses. He kept a few people, right? They were not under God's protection. Did everybody see it? He said the world was wicked, right? Does God makes mistakes. Now, this is a big one right here Uh-oh. because people be like, God never makes mistakes. And so I'm going to push your thinking a little bit. Think about when God said in the, in the book of Genesis, I regret the day I created men. We're all creating God's image. And if we're all creating God's image and then God says, 
I regret the day I created men. I'm going to flood the earth, kill everybody and start over. Why does somebody start over? Because they didn't like the results of the first. Right. So, no, I'm going to pause this. I want this to be an awkward moment of silence. Mm. Why do people start over? Think about that for a second. Say, for example, you're working on something and you mess up. What do you do? Do you erase it and you start over? Do you white it out and you start over? Why? Right, because there was, yeah. a, there was a mistake that was made. So to me, maybe my brain is small and my thinking is, you know, a little different. But to me, that was a mistake. Well, just to play devil's advocate, would we say that God made the mistake when he made those people? Or would we say that the people made a mistake because they, because Adam and Eve wasn't supposed to eat from the, 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 the true, the, the, the tree and they got deceived by the serpent and all this stuff. And so then that's when sin came about and that was not God's intention for what men were going to do on the earth. So would we say that God made a mistake or would we say that because of the mistake of men, because men, because of men's, let's see, what's the right word? Ignorance. Or lack thereof. You can blame, you can blame man. You can blame whoever you want to blame. Now, to answer that question, we can't control how we were genetically created. If we were created in God's image, which God's image is perfect, it's profound, it's sound. There's no flaws. There's nothing wrong with it. He created us mm -hmm. from the dust. He created man from the dust. Woman never came from the dust. Woman came from the man who came from dust. Right. So she never knew what it was like to be on the ground, to be created for something that is just particles, right? God was in control of that. God was responsible for the creation of humankind. Okay. So what I'm saying is this. <laughs> if we were creating God's image, perfect, no flaws, Right. We had a few things that we couldn't do. Certain tree we couldn't eat off of. Man did play their role, right? They played their part. I think curiosity got the best of everybody, especially Adam and Eve, right? I believe that both parties played a role in this. Mm. You know, uh, because God, being who he is, could have stopped all of that. But then that's where free will comes into play. Did they have free will then though? Yeah, they had free will. They had free will to roam. Everything was theirs. God said he gave them all. He said, I'm going to, God, this is the thing. Free will, but it was with limitations though. It was with boundaries. He said, you can have everything except for this. And the one thing that he said, they keep, it's just like a baby. If you tell a little kid, don't touch the hot stove. Okay. So let's get into the protection piece there though. They stepped out of bounds. God told them what they could not do. Mm -hmm. So because they stepped out of bounds, right? Something happened to them. They walked out of the protection of God. But what about, okay, so we can say that, right? Mm -hmm. Now, what about those who are innocently kids? Okay. Women who are being slaughtered. Kids who are being slaughtered. You're sitting in a church and you're having worship service 
and somebody comes in and kill you. Hmm. What about that? That's different from being in a garden and you blatantly disobedient to God and you walk out, you walk out of bounds and then you're out of God's protection. Okay. That's different than, you know, somebody sitting in worship service, praising God. That's different than innocent kids being molested and raped and all these things. They didn't know to, like, how, how did these kids, uh, did they sin get caused this? You know, these are things we got to ask ourselves. So does God make mistakes? I'm going to really push your thinking. And this is the thing about our podcast. I'm that individual that's going to push you to think and challenge your belief system. Well, and I guess the question is, or the thing is, is that because we've been taught that God is omnipotent and he's all knowing, all seeing, he's all powerful, you know, all those things, does it diminish or demean his ability as God if we say, well, yeah, he made a mistake. I feel like that's what religion has taught us that with one reason why we can't question God, one reason why we can't say that he makes mistakes is because we have this, well, I don't know the right word to say. I want to say fantasized or we have this very heroic, good, loving image of God that if we say, well, he made a mistake, does that, does that, um, hinder or lower his authority or his ability? It does. That's why we can't say that because if God is a sovereign, flawless, never make mistakes, perfect, he's perfect because this is the thing. All imperfect people have to be judged by somebody a lot higher, right? That's why. God, they say God couldn't be created by anything. He's always been here because if God was created by something, that means God is subject to judgment by that thing, by that thing, whoever created him. Mm -hmm. So that's why God doesn't have a creator. We, on the other hand, we will be judged because God is the creator. So to say God made a mistake and he messed up takes away from who he is and his ability to be perfect. So that means God will be judged because there has to be something that is flawless, that is perfect with, without any shadow of a doubt that has to judge everything that's imperfect. You cannot be considered perfect if a mistake was made. Hmm. So because perfect people don't make mistakes. That's why the Bible says there's not one righteous person. Not Other one. translations say there's not one perfect person. Mm -hmm. No, not one that walks the earth. Mm hmm. So for me to say God made a mistake, ooh, is that is that bad? That's offensive to some That's offensive. Not to, my God. Not my God, right? Now, maybe it's my perspective, maybe I'm off. But God started over. He sent Jesus. Jesus replaced the mistakes. Mm -hmm. Jesus became the sacrificial lamb for the mistakes and the things that these people had done. Jesus came in and saved humanity. Mm -hmm. Prior to that, God was wiping people out. Yeah. But this is the thing. The sins of people, and, and we took a turn, but the sins of people were not imputed to them until Exodus, mm -hmm. until the 10 uh, commandments came into place where Moses wrote those 10 commandments out. 
That's what sin was charged to people. Prior to that, sin wasn't charged to people. But even in the garden, right? I believe that God could have prevented Eve from talking to the serpent because he's omnipotent, right? He's omnipresent. Yeah. He could have prevented that from happening, but he didn't. It's all knowing he's all Why? Sin. Why didn't he stop it? Because if he would have stopped it then, there would be no biblical text to give us to look at, to base things on, all mm -hmm. that, right? That's why he didn't prevent it from happening. So then what So the Bible is their testimony. So what you're saying is is that he uses them as an example. What there's a scripture that says that and I think it's talking about Jesus where they said they made a spectacle of him. Basically, when you make a spectacle of somebody, you're using them as an example to say like, see, look at them, look at this, look at what they did so that you can see either what not to do or what to do. So I think that in God's un, what's the word? Unprotection or not protecting us. Then we begin to, we get to, be made a spectacle of. And I guess that when you think about it in that context, it's not necessarily always a bad thing to be made a spectacle of. It's like basically saying you, you, you're an example to show either how to do it right or how not to do it so that the next person doesn't do it wrong. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Is that crazy? I can't call it. All I know is this. Sometimes God would not protect you from going to the fire. Not all the time would he keep you in the fire. God picks and chooses whom he will. He's going to do this for, you know? And so we just got to be blessed and thankful that we have been kept and we're still here and being kept. But we wanted to come on here and really push your thinking and really get you to start asking yourself questions. Does God protect me in every situation? Hmm. Is God always near? And if God is always near in every situation, somebody explain to me why these innocent children are being molested and raped. Women raped. All these different things that's happening. I believe God can do anything he wants to. I believe he chooses to do nothing sometimes. Why is that? I don't know. But what I can say is I'm thankful for God and to God for keeping me through all the hell I'd have been through. He didn't protect me through it all, but he definitely kept me alive to be able to share this with you all. Well, I think when you look at the definition of to keep or being kept is to have or retain possession of or to cause to continue in a specified condition, position, or course. And what I liked mm. was that I looked at, it says other words for kept. So retained, guarded, maintained, saved, uh, clutched, held, reserved, withheld. Um, so then when you, when you think about when people say I'm saved, I was kept basically what they're saying. I'm so uh, this is good because so, so in other words, we have been misusing that word kept. Mm -hmm. So now what I understand from this definition, being kept 
are for those who are in Christ. When the Bible says this, and I believe Jesus said it, he said, anyone that the father put in my hand, I have not lost. That's being kept by God. Right. That's different from being protected. Mm. When you're kept, that means God is going to keep you saved. God is going to reserve you regardless of how many times you're trying to walk away and escape. God has the power and the ability to keep you in your saved state. Right. Because when you think about, I think about in the education system, when we talk about kids who have been retained, mm-hmm. we didn't push them back to the grade before. We just kept them. Right you, where they were. And you keep them in the same, it says that to be, to be, to continue in a specified condition, position, or course. So you're, you just stay there. Yeah. And I think this is good because now we get to see how this thing really plays out. So when you are in Christ, God has the ability to keep you. But even in Christ, things can still happen. Yeah. You're kept. If you die in Christ, guess what? You're kept because you get to be with him. So that's good. I like that. And so this was a very, very interesting topic. Um, yeah, it's deep. It was really deep, and you know, and, and sometimes my mind goes to these to these places, and I I bring up these topics because of if I'm thinking that somebody else have thought it, but they was too afraid to speak up on it, and I'm not that individual. I'm going to share what's on my heart, and I believe God allows me to share these things, and He places these things there because He wants me to get this dialogue uh, going and, and popping, right? And so, if this challenged you, if this threatened anything that you believe, if this, you know opened up your heart and your eyes and your mind to begin to explore and ask questions and think about things from a different perspective, then great. And if you're like, this man is off his rocker. <laughs> I don't understand what he's talking about, what the hell he's talking about. <laughs> and I'm going to pray for him and keep it that God keep him. <laughs> uh, then do that too. But I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm very sound. There's nothing wrong with me. Mm. And I think what we have to do is culturally be, be culturally sensitive to other people's uh, background upbringings and their experiences in this life. You know, just because someone doesn't think or believe the way that you do doesn't mean that they're wrong. Mm. And it doesn't mean that you're absolutely right. What it can mean is this. You have decided to close off every other thing that you've been taught to never explore because you have a fear that something that somebody else said may be right or it may uh, pique your interest and then you have to do some digging so you're safer just believing everything that everybody told you within the four walls mm. and my job is to challenge religion my job is to break down religion and my job is to give you a mindset where you can think freely from yourself and become a free thinker and not some religious whitewashed individual who only believes what was written and what somebody told them over from the pulpit well well, there you have it. Thank you guys for tuning in to Life with Me and Mrs. Jones. <laughs> and we're out. Thank y'all. Check us out. <laughs>